0: This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your hearts and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Great morning, everyone! Nice to be here with you, and uh, welcome to our celebration this morning, and also to our online viewers. Welcome this morning. I believe that God has got something amazing in store for each one of us as we end off with our series leap over the wall. Yeah. Now, I, I think God has done much in many of our lives over this series. Am I right? Yeah. Maybe who, who received something from the Lord in this series? We are amazing. Well done. Well done. I see God has done many things. God has called many of us to leap over the wall because God has a plan and a purpose for us. Yeah. Now, I don't know why you needed to wo- leap over the wall. Maybe you need to Leap over the wall because you need to get to a place where you can maybe step into your calling. Maybe you need to restore a relationship. Maybe you need to get involved somewhere. Or maybe you need to manage your finances. I don't know what. what's the reason why God wants you to leap over the wall. Or maybe you need to leap over the wall because you need to get away from something. You need a wall between you and something. Maybe there's a sin in your life. Or maybe maybe some addiction in your life that you need to get away from. But friends, I also understand it's not always easy to leap over the wall. Because if I think of a wall, I think of a wall that has a door in and a window here and there. But sometimes the door is closed and we need to leap over the wall. You know, God has a plan for each one of us. And His plan is called the A plan. <laughs> God doesn't have a B plan. Because the B plan would say that I don't trust plan A. And God has a plan A because he trusts plan A. And plan B says to me that whenever this doesn't work, I can give up and be happy with second best. Friends, God has a A plan for your life. God wants you to leap over the wall because he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. I remember years ago. Uh, I studied, and uh, in my first year, we had this course where you, where you need to learn to speak in front of people. At the end of the year, all the students—we were about 50 guys—left after the first year. We stood in a long uh, a row, and they had this bowl with topics in, and then each one had to choose a topic. And uh, then I chose my topic, and you would have a moment where you can do some research, and then write something, and then you would go and present this before people, and they would be the professors, the doctors, or whoever teaches, and some people they invited would sit there, and then you would walk in, and you would represent your topic to them, and they would give you a point, and you would pass your subject, and out of the 50 people, I was the only one that got a re-exam, everyone (laughs) passed except me, (laughs) 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 and friends, you know what, but I could have given up there, because I remember even in school, you know, with, where you need to speak in front of the school, uh, you know, you've got those subjects, you, I hated it, it was intense, <laughs> I couldn't speak before people, you know, when I, my, my pants would, would start to shiver, my heart would be in my throat, and I, I, just, I just struggled with it, and then I had that subject, and I struggled. But friends, God had a plan with my life. God wanted me to leap over the wall and step into the, His purpose and destiny for my life. And friends, the way I did that was I had to break through the fear and just the thought that I cannot do this. I had to break through those things, friends. Because God sent opportunities my way. And I had to seize those opportunities. Because the picture where I'm going was bigger than my fears. And I had to grow, grab those, those moments, friends, and leap over the wall, friends. I had to, to throw down my staff and pick up that snake like Moses and trust the Lord for a breakthrough in my life. Friends, I believe this morning as I stand here, there's some dreams that has been living in your hearts. God has been talking to you for a long time about certain things. Because every now and then you walk around the mountain. And you get to that same point where you say, Joe, I need to do this. God wants me to leap over a wall. I need to break through. God is calling me into something. Friends, I believe God is saying leap over the wall, friends. Let that dream come alive again. Seize that moment. I have a plan for your life. Don't let the dream die, friends. Seize that opportunity. You know, God had a plan for David. God has a plan for you. But friends, sadly, many of us miss that plan. Because we don't seize that opportunity. You know, God has a plan for you. He's not going to force you into that. God is going to guide you. But you need to choose. I think of the picture of where Israel stood before the promised land. God had a plan for them. It's been living in his heart for a long time. And they stood before the promised land. They just had to cross the river into the promised land of, of abundance, of milk and honey. The place where God wanted to dwell with his people. But fear kept them away, and they perished in the desert because they didn't seize the moment. They didn't leap over the wall when God called them forth. Friends, God has a gift for you. It's a gift of choice. You need to take that gift and choose the right thing. Yes. Let, us pray for, let me pray for us, and then we're going to get into our Scripture. Jesus, Jesus. You have a plan for us, and it's called the (laughs) A-Plan. Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you will reignite that passion, that dream in our hearts, Lord, that's been living there, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we will seize that moment, Lord. That we'll step into the promise and the destiny and the plan that you have for our lives, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That you would break open before us this morning, Lord. Do something in our lives, Lord. Amen. Amen. Friends, let's go to 2 Samuel 11, verse 1 to 3. I want to read there to you. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him. And all Israel, he sent them to go do the battle. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rahab. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from the couch, his bed, and was walking on the roof of the king's house. That he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriam, the Hittite? And boom, David stands before a choice. He needs to choose between Bathsheba and Uriah. Now, I want to say to you, we can understand, David, why he would choose Bathsheba. (laughs) Because he's a male, and Bathsheba is beautiful. So, in our minds, we can understand that. But why should David choose Uriah? Can I say to you, do you know who Uriah was? Uriah the Hittite. This is amazing. Uriah was one of David's 37 mighty men. Uriah was a man when David came out of the cave running from Saul. Uriah came beside David and said to David, I will fight for you. I will walk with you through this time in your life this difficult time. I'm at your side, David. I will not leave you. I will even die for you, David. David knew Uriah very well. You know, even Uriah's house was there next to the prince's palace. His friends, his closest people were there. He was so close that he could see his wife. Uriah was not just someone. Was one of David's mighty men, and he chose between his wife and Uriah. Friends, I want to say to you today, friends, almost every day, you and I stand before the Bathsheba's and the Uriah's, and you need to choose. Bathsheba represents the wrong choice, the flesh. The worldliness, Riah, represents the right choice. Godly choice. Friends, you and I, we stand before choices where you need to choose life or death, right or wrong. I want to read to you there in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. God says to His people and He's saying to us, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. You see, there's a generational thing here. It's not just you, friends. This has an effect. Your choice has an effect on generations to come. Jesus says, you can choose this world or you can choose me. He said, I am at your side. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will fight with you. I w- I'm the one that walked with you through difficult times in your life. I'm the one that died on the cross for you. I'm like Uriah. I'm one of the mighty men at your side. Choose me. Choose me, friends. Don't choose the world. Choose me. There's life and life in abundance there. What? What? brought David to a point that he was open to temptations. What brought David to that place? I'm going to read to you there. In 2 Samuel 11, it says, But David remained at Jerusalem. Friends, David were at a place where he was open to temptations because he was not where God wanted him to be. God wanted him to be on the battlefield, but David stayed in Jerusalem. Friends, sometimes we step out of the plan and the place that God has for us. And we step into this world and we get so busy with the things around us, with the world and the worldly things, that we step out and move away from where God wants us to be. We're at the wrong place, friends. We're not anchored in Christ. And look what else happened, it says there, and David arose from his bed and he walked on the roof, on the king's roof. You see friends, David was doing nothing. When you step away from God, where God wants you to be, you step away, what happens? Let's be honest here. We, we start to get absorbed by the things around us, by the world things. We stop reading our Bible. We stop praying. We get excuses why I don't have to go to church. Why I don't have to be in a community or a small group. Why I don't have to be involved in the things of the church. And I start to isolate myself. Friends, and I get to a place where I do nothing. I'm not involved in the things of God in my life anymore. I'm isolated because I stepped away from God's plan. And now I'm getting to a place where I'm doing nothing. And then I get open for temptations because I'm an easy target. What else happened? In the spring that year, the time when kings go out to battle, not Joab. He sent Job. Job was not the king. It says when the kings need to be on the battlefield, what do you wear when you're on the battlefield? You wear your armor. David weren't there. He was on the roof. He had pajamas on. <laughs> friends, you can't walk around in pajamas. You need, to be, have your, you need to have your armor on, friends. If you don't have your armor on, you are exposed to the enemy, friends. You, you need to be where God wants you to be. You need to be doing the things of God. And you need to wear the armor. If you don't have that, friends, I'm telling you today, you're going to be an easy target for the enemy. And he knows that. He's trained well. He's got two thousand or more thousands of years of experience. He knows the scene. He knows when you're in your pajamas, walking on the roof, checking out the girls. (laughs) 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 Right? Yeah, we've got many girls in our lives. Money, work. There's many things that we value and that we run to. Friends, God says in Ephesians 6 verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on. It's a doing word. It's something you need to do, friends. When you go to war, when you sign up, when you say yes to Jesus, you sign up to the army. You need to put on, friends. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Friends, the devil cannot be everywhere. He's not like God. He's everywhere. He's got schemes, friends. And he's got an army to implement his schemes. You need to stand against those schemes. But you cannot stand against those schemes with pajamas. You need to stand against those schemes with the armor of God on. Standing where God has placed you, friends. Anchored in Christ. I want to read to you there. Ephesians 6 verse 13 and 18. Therefore take up the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet. Having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. Friends, I just quickly want to run through these things because it's important to understand this, to know that we need to wear this armor. What what is the truth? The belt of truth, it's the Word of God, friends. You need to put on the Word of God. You need to read your Bible. You need to know God's heartbeat. You need to be a Deuteronomy 6 Christian. How does that look? Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, Hear my people, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We need to know that there's only one God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to know that there's no other God in this world. It's only God, friends. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Everything that I have, I want to pursue Jesus. I want to love Him. When I stand before my choices, I want to choose Him. Because I love Him More than the other things. Because everything of mine desires after Christ, friends. Because I know He's the only way, the only truth, the only God. And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart, friends. Because whatever in the heart flows out to the outwards. I want Jesus in my heart, not in my mind. I gave my life to Christ five times when I was in school. But it was here. But one day I fell next to my bed and I gave my heart to Christ. God wants to be yeah, friends. Because when you hear, it will flow out of everything, who you are and what you say and what you do. Let Christ be here. Choose Him here. Let Him be a revelation and not a thought or an idea. You shall teach Him diligently to your children. Can you see there's a generational thing coming through again? It, you shall talk of them When you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, and when you walk on your roof, and temptations come, you speak Jesus. Wherever you are, people want to see, people must hear, Jesus, my friends. Because that's what we stand for. If you've got that on, friends, I'm telling you, you're going to be strengthened when temptations come your way. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hands. Because what, why on my hands? Because it's what I do. In everything I do, people must see Jesus. And you shall, it shall be a frontlet between your eyes. Why here? Yeah. Because my thoughts, in everything I think, people must see Jesus. Friends, help us, Jesus. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, wherever you live people must experience Jesus. And look, it comes with a promise, a generational promise. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that He swore to your fathers to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, houses full of all good things that you did not fill, vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, God gives us a promise, friends. If you choose Him, you step into a land of overflow, friends. Put on the belt Of truth. Choose Jesus. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because it covers my heart. I want to give my heart to Christ. The shoes. Of righteousness. Shoes. To proclaim the gospel. Because if Jesus is in my heart. And I wear the Lord. People will see it in my life. They will see the fruit manifest wherever I walk. You know, someone once said, proclaim the gospel and sometimes use words. (laughs) When you walk, you proclaim the gospel through your life, how you deal with things, how you react, how, whatever, people see Jesus in that. The shield of faith, trust in God that He will break through for you. The helmet of salvation in your mind, renew your mind, fill your mind with the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, Be spirit-led, make room for the Holy Spirit. The sword is also the spoken word. When Jesus was tempted, what did he do? He spoke the word of God. When the enemy wants to come, speak the word of God to that enemy. And one other weapon, it says, praying at all times. For me, that is the spear. You know, friends, when you stand before choices, Bathsheba or Uriah, you know, if you start to pray, the choice is easy. <laughs> because, you know, when, you, when, when, you, when David could choose Bathsheba, and if he would move from there into the Spirit and start to pray, I'm sure, I'm sure God would speak to him and say, David, my man, you're not at the right place. You, you are busy making nonsense here. <laughs> Focus on Uriah. Look away, walk away. But David did not follow that because he didn't wear his armor. He wasn't he wasn't at the right place, friends. You will, friends, you will stand before choices in your life. And how are you gonna make those choices? You know how you're gonna make that choice? You're gonna make that choice on where you focus. David saw Bathsheba, he focused on her. It's like uh, Eve when she was in the garden. The enemy said, there's a tree with nice fruit. And he, he, he just brought a focus onto the tree. God said, there's many trees. That's nice. David, you've got many other wives, man. This is Uriah. It's your right hand man. It's his wife. You've got meaning, man. What's the problem? Now he's focusing there. He's not looking away. What you focus on will draw your attention. And friends, you will choose what you value in life. Joseph, Joseph, oh David, valued that situation and what Bathsheba could do for him more than his relationship with Uriah. You will choose what you value. And I want to take us just for a moment to Moses, because Moses had some mistakes, but he, he knew how to choose. <laughs> I want to read to you then in Hebrews 11, verse 24 to 27, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Friends, the first one, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. We value. Our identity but where do you find your identity in Christ or in the things of this world friends wherever you find your identity that's where you will focus and that's what you will value do you want people to say well done you have made a lot of success in this world you have accomplished many things you have a lot of money, you have made it, or do you want someone to say, you're a man of God, that puts God first in your life, that serves God, what do you want people, what should their first reaction be when they see, what will people say when they see you, friends, what do you value more, yes, I want people to say, I see a godly man, and I also want to be successful, But I don't want my identity to be built by my success. I want my identity to be built and anchored in Christ, friends. Moses understood that. His identity was in Christ, not in Egypt. I mean, Egypt has everything that a young man or young woman would love to have. Everything. It's there. But he valued his identity in Christ more. Says it choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting treasure, treasures of sin. Value your calling, friends. This world can give you moments of happiness, but your joy is in God, friends. These things are going to go away. It's going to pass. But God is eternal, friends. Let's value our, our calling in this world. In 2012, I I was in business, and I had to make a call, and I decided to leave business and step into ministry. I still had some business, but my focus started to change because God called me to something else. And I'm not saying leave business or leave your workplace or whatever. I'm just saying, where do you find your joy? In Christ or in the things of this world because you will pursue and value wherever whichever you value the most and it says there he uh, uh, um, he he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking to the reward value your destiny friends where you are going friends the things of this world is temporary God is eternal, friends. Let's value eternal treasures more than the treasures of this world, friends. If you value the treasures of this world, you will choose that. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, friends, there's temptations. If you value treasures, you will look at this differently. If you value this more, you will look at that differently. What do you treasure, friends? Where's your treasures? And it says there, for he endured. Friends, I want to say to you, endure. Keep on doing the right thing. Keep on pursuing Jesus. That's the best choice. Temptation is not sin. You see, you are first tempted. David was tempted. Temptation is a proof that sin exists. Temptation is sin's desire for you. Genesis 4, 7 says, sin is crouching at the door, and a desire is for you. With temptation, you have a choice. You see, David was first tempted. Facing temptation is not the greatest problem. Entertaining temptation is the problem. Because David had a choice. While he was tempted, he had a choice, friends. And he sent servants to find out, and then he sent them again to get her and bring her. He entertained temptation, and it led to sin. You see, friends, there's some barriers that you cannot cross. Everything has a ban- barrier. I mean, my cell phone has a barrier. I can drop it so high, and it will probably be okay. But if I hit it on a brick, it will gonna br- because there's a barrier on my cell phone. On the screen. Everything has a barrier, friends. Don't cross that barrier. Make the right choice. You see, David could control the choice, but not the consequence. Because with sin, there's no choice anymore. Only consequences. Can I show this to you? David tried to manipulate the consequences. In 2 Samuel 11 verse 8, uh, David sent to Joab, a letter, and said, bring Uriah to me, send him to me, because now he slept with his wife, and he he heard she's pregnant, now he's got a problem, things are happening now, he has sinned, and now he wants to manipulate the consequences, the results, and try to do something, and then David said to Uriah, go down to your house, and wash your feet, and Uriah went out of the king's house, and they followed him a present from the king, I think it was a nice, not a bottle of water. I think it was a bottle of something else. (laughs) He wanted to make him drunk so that he could go back to his house. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of the Lord and did not go down to his house because he's honored the king. And he said, the men are fighting in the field, and if they fight, they can't be with their wives. Who am I to be with my wife while my brothers are fighting? What an honorable man. And he didn't sleep with, with his wife. So, in verse 13, and David invited him again and said, And come and eat in the presence, in my presence. And they drank and he made him drunk. And in the evening, he went out and lied on the couch with the servants of the Lord again. But he did not go down to his house. When that, the first one didn't work, David said, All right, now come to me. I want to make sure you drink enough. And you eat enough. And make sure you go back to your house. But he again didn't go back to his house. And then we look what David did. Verse 14 and 15. In the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. Um, in the letter he wrote, Set Uriah in the front, forefront of the hardest fight. And then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. Hey friends. It's just, it just pulls you in deeper and deeper and deeper, and now we try to to set things right, manipulate circumstances, but it just pulls you in deeper, and deeper, and deeper, because it's not the right way. You need to run to Jesus. That's the right way. Forgive me, Lord. I've sinned, Lord. Not I'm going to try to manipulate, and now now try and, and sort these things out. Friends, it doesn't only affect you. We need to listen. You need to hear this, friends. If you choose wrong, it affects people around you. It affects generations to come, friends. You know, not only Uriah died. There were other men that had wives and children and families. When they pulled back, they also died. They weren't even part of the whole thing. But they suffered with Uriah. And they died because of what David did. Friends, it has effect on generations. Let me read it to you. Two Samuel twelve. This is what God said to David, because of what you have done, the sword shall never depart from your house. Aye? Verse eleven. I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, your family. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbors. Verse 14. The child who is born to you shall die. Everything because of what you have done. When, when uh, 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 um, uh, uh, Jonah got on the boat, everyone on that boat suffered because of what Jonah, that boat went into a storm, and everyone on that boat suffered, because Jonah was on the wrong boat, he wasn't where God wanted him to be, he stepped out of where God wanted him to be, into a place, where he started to isolate himself, like David, and he became open for temptations, but everyone else suffered, and they started throwing their cargo, and things overboard, and they, they were fearing death, because Jonah was at the wrong place, friends Be at the right place. Choose Jesus. Because I'm telling you, what you choose will have an effect on generations and people around you, on your household and and, and those around you. Bathsheba's, uh, Bathsheba's son died. Amnon, his son, slept with his sister. And she went into desolation because of that. And then Absalom killed Amnon. And then Absalom rebelled, and he were killed. Can you see the generational things coming through because of the choices that David did in his life? I want to end with this, and I want to read this to you. And I know many have heard this, but many have not heard this. And I just want to show you. They did a study on two families. The one family was Jonathan Edwards, and the other family were Max Dukes. 200 years they took and did a study on them. Now, Jonathan Edwards was a godly man that chose Jesus and gave Jesus first place in his life. And he married a godly wife. And, and he had 1,394 descendants. And over 200 years, this is what happened to those descendants. 295 were graduates, 13 heads of universities, 65 professors, 3 senators, 30 judges, 100 lawyers, 1 law deacon, 50... Six surgeons, one medical deacon, 75 army officers, 100 missionaries and pastors, 80 political leaders, one minister of finance, and one vice president. Can you see the blessing following that generation? Because Jonathan Edwards chose Jesus. Yeah. Mike's Dukes were an ungodly man. Married an ungodly man. Didn't give God first place in his life. He had 560 descendants. Can you see? 1,394 560. There's already a difference. This is what happened to Max Dukes' families. 310 died in poverty, 150 criminals, 7 murderers, 100 alcoholics, and more than half of the women were prostitutes. Can you see? He chose wrong. He chose the world. He did not choose Jesus. It had effect on generations. I don't know when you look back at your generations, what do you see? Alcohol abortion, divorce, I don't know what you see, devastation, poverty, I don't know what you see, friends, but you are in church. You are here because God has a plan for your life. You are here because God has a plan and a destiny for you. He wants you to leap over the wall. You are here because God is saying, "You, I have brought you here. You are here because I have a plan for you. You can choose Jesus. You can choose Uriah. Imagine if David did, that day said no to Bathsheba and, and chose Uriah. I, I wonder what blessings would come from that. Just imagine, friends, what could have happened if he chose Uriah that day. Saving lives. Uriah wouldn't be dead. Just imagine what God, how God could use Uriah in his life in the future. We don't know. But he chose wrong and he missed out on that. Friends, God giving us a choice. And sadly, many of us miss out because we don't choose Jesus. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.